Well, what fun it is to see those kids running up and down the aisles. That is a great joy, uh, not only from up here, but from out there, from wherever we are. It is life, and this is joyful. And uh, what a great series of texts we have to hear about life this Sunday. And so I say to you, may the grace of God our Father and His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, be yours today. And whether you're feeling, uh, well, as fit as a fiddle, or whether you're feeling like, well, you may not be in the tomb yet, you're not too far away, either way, God's Word has come for you. God's Word comes to take you in. For Christ does His best work wherever you're at, but we know that He does good work in the tomb, in the grave, and that is that He forgives your sin so that He can raise you to new life. And this is whether you feel new or not. Christ's word comes to you now. For out of the depths, he comes to you to make you whole. Amen. It is the fifth Sunday in the season of Lent, which means next Sunday is Palm Sunday, if you can believe that. Uh, And this Wednesday is our last midweek Wednesday Lenten worship service. But for today, it means we have another long gospel reading from John another beautiful story, and a whole selection of scriptures that are really quite nice for preaching. It begins with the prophet Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. You maybe remember this story, the Valley of Dry Bones from Sunday school, or you maybe remember the song that went with it. A song I learned this last week was popularized by uh, Fred Waring and his Pennsylvanians. Uh, My Bible study taught this to me. But you probably know the song, even if you don't know the band. Dem bones, dem bones, dem. You got it. And then it goes, and hear the... Yeah, and this pretty much, I mean, we didn't... We heard a beautiful rendition of uh, Ezekiel, but that kind of tells the story. This is, uh, well, Ezekiel actually, if you read the whole book, would take a little while, but it's a pretty harsh word against the Israelites a judgment against them as they were already exiled in Babylon because they had sinned against God in their daily lives and in the temple life they'd sinned. So while the chips were down, Ezekiel's prophecy, and this is why we learned it's not easy to be a prophet, Ezekiel comes while they're down and brings them down even further. While they're exiled, he says that Jerusalem and the temple will be destroyed. That's a a fairly devastating word for those Israelites who are yearning to get back home, who are lonely for Jerusalem. And then Ezekiel tells them, it's your own fault. What a profound loss. Causing the people to say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. This is the message of Ezekiel to Israel. Today, our kindergartners will have their Ten Commandments milestone. They'll learn a little bit about the Ten Commandments and how the commandments try to preserve life by telling us how to love God and love our neighbors. And we know that the commandments are, are good at this. They are actually perfect at this. They tell us what to do, but they can't make it happen. And in fact, they accuse us when we fail. This was Ezekiel's message, message to the Israelites, and it is the law's message to you today as well. And in the face of our own shortcomings, our bones feel dry. They get dried up. And so this is the vision that Ezekiel was faced with, this whole valley of dry bones. 
And God asks Ezekiel, mortal, can these bones live? Maybe you've asked the same question of God or of yourself. When faced with loss or faced with your own sin, can these bones live? Because they feel pretty dead. And I don't know if you've ever seen old or sun-bleached bones. They usually tell a story, but it's usually a story of what's already happened and not of what's going to happen in the future, of what once was, where life used to be but isn't anymore. Bones tell this story, which is why perhaps we're still kind of fascinated with bones. When I was a kid, my, my brother and cousins and I were exploring the old Henning family far farmstead, that's my mom's family, near Botno, North Dakota, and we came upon some bones in the field. Now, we thought, as kids, that we'd come upon some great archaeological find. Probably dinosaurs, we were convinced, and someone better call the authorities to let them know we'd found some bones. Probably they were just a deer carcass that had died long ago and been brought back to the surface by the farming process in the field. But the bones were dry and brittle and white, and there was no sense that there was any life in them whatsoever. Can these bones live? God asks Ezekiel. And our answer is no, and the law's answer is no. But Ezekiel's answer was Lord God, you know. That is to say, Lord, you have the power to bring life to these old dry bones. And God does. And the Lord said to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones, which sounds kind of crazy, by the way. I, I, we have to say this on occasion about the prophets. To preach just to a pile of bones sounds a little crazy. But God said, say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And now the song comes back to life. Hear the word of the Lord. And as Ezekiel preached God's word to these bones, as unlikely as it sounds, there was a noise. Ezekiel says a rattling. If you remember the song by Fred Waring and the Pennsylvanians, this is the xylophone making music as the bones clatter back together. But in Scripture, it's a noise. And then the sinews connect the bones, and then flesh covers them all up, and you have bodies. But there's no life, no spirit yet. And God says, prophesy to the breath and breathe upon these slain. And then these bodies came to life, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Maybe they did a jig, I don't know. But they lived. What a vision this was for Ezekiel. And now it stands as a word for you, a reminder, a truth that you have a God who has the power to give old, dry bones new life. And God said to Israel, these bones are the house of Israel, dead in their sin, cut off completely. So I ask you now, how about you? How are your bones? Where are you stuck this day? Where have you failed? In what way are you cut off by your sin or the sin of someone else? Or perhaps by death itself?
Well, God has a word for you. To Israel, he said, I'm going to open your graves to bring you up out of your graves, O my people. And in any other context, this sounds almost criminal. We just don't do this. But God does. God says, I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord, and I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And now for you, people of First Lutheran, people of the Lord who are hearing this word, it is the same word that Ezekiel preached. You have this word. God's word has come to you, which means your sin, your stuckness, or wherever you're cut off, it is taken from you, for you have died already and that always comes as a surprise to us but you have died and outside of Christ you too are stuck in a valley of dry bones but now in Christ there's a rattling there's a noise there's sinews there's flesh and spirit you have new life on account of the Holy Spirit it is yours and this is the work of Christ and we haven't even gotten to the gospel yet but Jesus is indeed the fulfillment of this story in Ezekiel. And we clearly see that in our reading from John, this beautiful telling of the death and resurrection of one of Jesus' good friends, Lazarus. And as Matt reminded us, the, the gospel starts off with Lazarus alive. We don't even think of this. We think of him as dead, but he was alive. Sick, however, needing help, needing a doctor, needing a hospital, and they couldn't help him as it turned out. And so Mary and Martha call for Jesus some miles away. And if you read the story before the gospel, you'd see that after Jesus healed the blind man, we heard that last week, well, the Jewish authorities got a little nervous and he was about to be stoned. So Jesus and the disciples went out across the Jordan River some miles away from, uh, from Jerusalem to find protection. And he preached there. And so Mary and Martha send mess a message to Jesus to come and heal Lazarus because he's sick. But strangely, Jesus does not go. And you might wonder what kind of friend Jesus is. John also wonders this and has to put in the gospel reading so that we can all be reminded that he did love Lazarus and Mary and Martha, but he didn't go right away. We come to see that this is because Jesus wants you and the world to know of this authority that he has. He stayed two more days, and Lazarus dies. And already you may be feeling the same regret. Where there is death, there is also often regret. You ask these questions that Mary and Martha asked Jesus, well, if only you had been here. This regret is hard to get away from, especially where there's death, but where there's sin, we feel it. If only, Jesus, you had been here, maybe he would have lived. If only I could have shared these words with my loved one. If only I wouldn't have said that. We live in this sin, too. But it was too late for Lazarus. At least that was the common opinion. That was the medical opinion of the day. It would be the same medical opinion today. Lazarus was dead. There was nothing to do about it but mourn. Mortal, can these bones live? Oh, Lord God, you know. Oh, Lord Christ, you have the words of eternal life. And he did. And he does. 
And after hearing the confession of both Mary and Martha, Jesus, as Martha take him to the tomb, against her better judgment, she has the stone rolled away. And Martha warns him that there is a stench in the air. Death can be smelled here. It has been four days. My Bible study, our Bible study reminded me of this, uh, well, verse from the King James, I think if he stinketh, and he did, this was death in the air, in the tomb. But Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And the bones rattled together, and the flesh was restored, and the Holy Spirit of God blew, and Lazarus came out. He came out of the tomb, all wrapped in strips of cloth. He came out of that stale old tomb of sin and death, into the light of Christ, and Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. And so now for you, Jesus unbinds you and lets you go. From what, you might wonder? Well, from your sin and from the death that comes this way, from your valley of dry bones. In your baptism, Jesus has blown his spirit into your life. You have his word. He forgives your sins. And where you may see death and decay today, Jesus brings healing and resurrection. This is true in your daily life. Whatever that death and decay may look like today, it is true in your fears and your struggles, in your sins. It is true in the sins that others have committed against you. Jesus takes those. But now it is also true in the death that you have been working so hard to avoid, that we all work so hard to avoid. Christ takes this too. In a world where we work hard to be free on our own terms, to live life on our own terms, Christ unbinds you and lets you go. In his death, and his resurrection, for you were baptized into this death, this means that you too have died. But you're also baptized into his resurrection, which means that you too are free now in Christ. And we can begin to see here in this last Sunday in the season of, of Lent that the story of Lazarus' resurrection is just a warm-up for what we're about to hear in the next couple of weeks. And right after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, the Jewish leaders got even more nervous and they met and began to plan how they would put him to death. That is the story that is still ahead of us in Lent and Holy Week. And you know the end of that story as well. And now I remind you, you who have dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. For you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ. So what is there to be afraid of? Christ has given his body and his blood for the forgiveness of your sins. So take and eat. Take and drink. For out of the depths, he cries for you. And out of the depths, Christ comes for you. And you are his. Amen. <laughs>